talk about my team. Okay, let's talk about my team first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I love how objective you're being, too. So, yes. I, I am. We have to cater the narcissistic personality card. Well, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but for real, so I'm looking at, so I'm looking at my squad right I, here. I feel slighted, though, Matt. I wish we could talk about ourselves at the same time. I do, I do. But, you know, we, 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 we did something together with Bronco, so it's, that, that will be forever for ours, okay? But, you know, um, <laughs> as we until, look at... Until, until you chicken out of it. I know, so I know. I was down. Everyone was down, but Matt wasn't. So. It's like the yeah, it's like the scene from uh, from American Pie, right? They Schiffler wanted the goots to give him uh, what is it? Give him a hand job, and the other guy's like, "No, I'm out of here." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's like more or less what I, more or less what the image that comes to mind right here. Okay, but. <laughs> The GFL, the Garfather of Fantasy Football Leagues. Created from the pre-internet mind of Garland Levitt, with stats tracked on college ruled paper taken directly from an artifact called a newspaper. The GFL has stood the test of time, becoming one of the largest and most passionate leagues in America. From podcasts to fantasy pros, there is never a dull moment for those brave and cool enough to take on its challenge year in and year out. For over a quarter of a century, the GFL has annually brought together friends while breaking many hearts along the way. Now steered by the steady commission hand of Matt Handy, with continued support and assistance from its namesake founder, one thing is certain, a better fantasy football league does not exist. Welcome to the GFL Fantasy Football Weekly Commish Recap Preview Podcast number 44. The podcast is now as old as its namesake. I am the Garfather of the GFL, Garland Levitt, along here with the creepy uncle of sorts, the commish of this venerable fantasy football league, Matt Handy. And Matt, it sure was nice to be able to take a deep 10-day podcast breath in our GFL Fantasy Football Weekly recording schedule. After that grueling 48-hour back-to-back we completed last Monday for episodes 42 and 43. I say that, and we are recording this episode, though, at close to 10 p.m. GFL Standard Time. So uh, we will probably sound like we're dragging, just like we did on episodes 42 and 43. We certainly needed time, though, to recuperate, just like you did mentally this week. After losing what was an anemic matchup between the two commissions, you and me, and hosts of this show in week eight, Matt, I think your Raiders frustration was so palatable on Monday night with both Jacoby Myers, who had been averaging close to 10 targets per game, and the rookie tight end Matthew Mayer, barely even making cameos throughout the entire game with, I believe, four targets between them, which was just not going to be a recipe for fantasy football comeback success against me. So that apparently your ire, Matt, in the play calling was shared by Raiders management, who subsequently fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels, after the game. Matt, I'm almost wondering if the Davis family has your number on speed dial, since you must have been a huge fan of this decision. Based on the reactions I saw last week, I'm just wondering, though, who was angrier? You about your Raiders shitting the bed against me on Monday night, 
or Brian Janowski after he wasted his time listening to an entire almost hour-long podcast that bore his name in the episode title, only to be sorely disappointed the joke was on him last week because we never discussed his team in the midseason review. Uh, talking to you today, Matt, it sounded like you had finally gotten your GFL blood pressure under control without having to delve into your fantasy football statin bottle. What a rough beat, my friend. I totally feel for you and have not been relishing that victory in any way, shape, or form that may have been uglier than the Astros' Game 6 and Game 7 pitching performances performances <laughs> against the Rangers to choke the World Series away. Do I need to be conducting any more GFL welfare checks on you, or are you okay? Uh, good evening, Gar. It's uh, it's a late night, my friend. We are no longer primetime. We are Leno Letterman style tonight, my friend. So, I um, Here's yeah, my- Handy. And my, my, my blood pressure is down. It's a little up right now because Deontay Johnson's having a – I need him to get about five or six more points before the game's over, and then I'll be a, a lot happier guy. But, uh, I'm sure we'll hear yeah. all about it as we go on here, Matt. Oh, we are. I, I got the game. I got I got the stats going right now, so we're good. But, uh, yeah, man, that was uh, – I was telling you earlier, that was bad. That, one, that was one of the worst beats I've had. Like, not even like – I mean, first off, the game was ugly as shit, right? 87-79, I think is what it was. But gross. It was it gross. Was, you know, when you got two guys and you're down by – I know I was – got two guys. I was down by 14-ish. I think I need like 14.3 to win the game. And Jacoby's been putting up 18 a game. Mayer's been doing halfway decent. So I was like, okay. I was like, I, you know, it's going to be close, but I think I'll pull this one out. And mother – Fucker is what I all I gotta say. I was pissed, dude. I was just like, this sucks, you know. And so, um, <laughs> Matt, if I could interrupt you for just a sec, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play this, but uh, you know, your feelings about Jacoby were quite a departure from just a few days before. Let's take just a little listen here to what you were saying. It's a very quick clip about what you were saying about Jacoby Myers uh, just a few days ago. Let's hear this. Unreal six-round pick, man. I told you it was quick. I, I remember you said that. I pulled the clip. It was only a few seconds, but very telling with what happened. Curse, curse of the fucking podcast is what it is, man. That was just, oh, man, just brutal, dude, is all I can say, man. Just fucking brutal. So uh, I'm over it, though, man. It's fantasy football. What are you going to do? You're gonna, you can bitch and moan about all you want, but that was a that was a rough beat. It is what it is. Still 5-3. and three. Uh, remaining schedule is tough, but I still have a, definitely still have a path to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I think I'll be in it, uh, up until hopefully the last game. So we'll see what happens, man. But I, I, you know, I, I, you know, you're going to have bad beats every once in a while. You've had them. We've, I've had them. We've all had them. So it is what it is. You know, it's yeah, not I, I was telling you, I think it had been years since I'd won a game like that. I didn't, res- I didn't deserve. And, uh, so it doesn't happen that often. And Matt, you made a good point to me today. If you're going to make the playoffs, you need at least one of those. You're no wonder. You do. Make, you do. Uh, making what's, the playoffs lately. So maybe it will happen this year. Looks what's like I got a good chance of it now? So. I guess what's, what's worse. The, the beat that I got from you, right. Or the one that Ryan gave to Janowski. Because Janowski scored 127 points, right? Mm, Ryan scored 129 and wins. Like, which one's worse? Like, I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Because, like, it's tough. Because when you score 127, you want to win the game, right? But then you're like, okay, you score 129. I mean, it sucks, but, you know, at least I put up some points. Or... You know, you score eighty-seven. We're like, okay, I need to win this game, and I, I put up a dud like that. I, mean, I don't, I don't know which one's worse, dude. I really don't. 
I don't. Th- I don't think you could tell. It's like, do you prefer uh, to die by drowning or by fire? You know, it's kind of a personal <laughs> decision at that point. I know, right? Uh, what's worse? What's the worst way to lose the week? And so you're, you're I could, Matt. You, you certainly should be smarting from that from that defeat. I know I have been. Uh, I would be, and I have been when I've taken those defeats, uh, taken those losses and blows through the years. But it really, and it does take a few days to get over. But after you come out of those few days, you just kind of realize, man, if I feel that bad about a fantasy football loss, my overall life must be pretty good. If that's what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. you know, I, I guess. Who are you to talk to to put stuff in perspective in this podcast? What, what's what's wrong with you? We don't put stuff in perspective here. Okay, we just talk about fantasy football is what we deal with, okay? We don't worry about life right now, so fuck that, all right? So <laughs> I, uh, I got to, you know, I'm uh, so... Well, nothing I'll, nothing I'll, else matters, right? Exactly. I'll apologize to the GFL crowd if I sound a little tired. I've been up since about five and dealing with a kid all night long. She's, you know, she's asleep now, but I'll tell you, I heard Knight Rider, all right? And you know that, you know, you ever watch Gone in 60 Seconds? You ever seen that movie the, with Nick Cage? Anyone, you ever seen that movie? Or no? Oh, I thought you were talking about my uh, sexual aptitude. Oh, you're talking about the No, 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 no. That, that would be Gone in 10 Seconds. That would, that, that, would be, <laughs> yeah. that would be the Gone in 10 Seconds. That's, a, that's, that's wishful thinking. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Gone in 60 Seconds has this scene right before they're about to go do their car, their boost, and they play um, Lowrider, I think is what it, what it is, right? So we have Night Rider, and then they're all like, they get in the zone, and they're like, okay, let's go, you know? And then as soon as I heard Night Rider night, I got in the zone, and I'm ready to go, man. Um, I'm ready to go. Let's, let's, we got a fun podcast today. We're going to finish our recaps. Uh, we're going to talk about some previews for some games. we got some big, big games this week. got a lot of playoff implications going on this week. And, uh, yeah, man, it should be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Matt, and I have some uh, good news and bad news. I'm calling. I'm calling this segment "Good News and Bad News." So, you mind if I share some of the good news and bad news for the week, real quick? Gar, give me hit, hit me with the good news, bad news, because let's just get over with right now, man. Let's just do it. I mean, I'd like to hit you for the good news first and then the bad news, but the good news and bad news goes together so much. Uh, I hope you can take it. I know you're a little tired. I'm going to give you both at the same time. You hit me, you know, Gar. As I told you before this, leave me the promised land, my friend, and I'll follow you there. Yes, so Matt, I have some good and bad GFL Fantasy Football Weekly Podcast news to report to you this week. Truly is a mixed bag here. On the good news front, after a three-week hiatus, our prima donna unpaid intern John has returned in full force this week. But the bad news is, I guess partly John is back. And the other part is, after somehow getting wind of his effing John t-shirt and hoodie revenue reports that we will be going over in sub- subsequent weeks. He is now threatening to pick it for minimum wage, Matt. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> As you know, Matt, loose lips sink ships. And I'm not talking about the fake lips we saw during the live Ronco multi-hole dildo and high-powered vibrator product demo conducted with a leftover Subway sandwich that we witnessed and, document, and documented Ronco reps, Alex and Morgan. I was going to say something about donkeys there, which I guess would have kind of fit. Alex <laughs> and Morgan performing for us a couple weeks ago. Talk about gall, Matt. We give this kid a little taste of the spotlight, and all of a sudden he's acting like he doesn't live in mommy's basement and deserves $7.25 per hour? Apparently John just doesn't understand humans are getting antiquated and we can bring in a simulated John anytime we want from Salesforce that won't complain about how his mommy overcooks his, overcooks his SpaghettiOs, Matt. Nope. So. I mean, 
he's on thin ice. Know, he's on thin ice for sure. He does know that I we're don't number one seventy still, are. right? He knows we're number one seventy still, right? Like he knows that we're not. You know, we have once we, you know, maybe we'll consider it once we get up to like one fifty, and our and our unique viewership climbs more than three percent. But you know, John needs to understand that. You know, you can only fuck up so many times before I'm just gonna kick you out. Okay, so I mean, I, I'm surprised that we've held on him this long. I think it's because you know he's becoming kind of a cult hero within the GFL. I really think he is. You know, it's just, it's you know, it's almost hard. You know, it's almost one of those things where it's hard to get rid of him now because he's become rather popular. You know, and we've just gotta we gotta kind of roll with the punches and deal with the uh, the shit. Okay, but you know we'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, John is not getting 725 an hour, so I hope John, John, go fuck yourself. I hope you're listening and uh, not happening. I'll get you a beer. I'll buy you a beer. That's that's, that's as much you're gonna get. <laughs> oh my God! No, yeah, John, that's all he's gonna get. And Matt, um, you were talking about our rating, you know, and uh, that's the other part of the good news, bad news. I wanted to go into that a little bit, but yeah, John is definitely uh, on thin ice. I mean. <laughs> The revenue reports, oh, man. I mean, he is on thin ice, but at the same time, Matt, I mean, uh, I, uh, I have a new shirt on, and uh, it's, uh, it's a new uh, – it's, it's one of the new effing John uh, T-shirts, and, uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely helping the cause, that's for sure. I mean, he's not <laughs> quite helping as much as Ronco, but uh, he's doing a good job. But you just can't be doing that. You can't be flaunting yourself. You can't be, you know, picketing and threatening to picket and doing all that and not expect repercussions, right? Are you are you wearing the hundred percent cotton or are you wearing the new sixty forty polyester, uh, John? Well, that was another announcement. I mean, we actually have a uh, a nylon one. <laughs> <laughs> we we've got most we've got I, muscle I, I, I tried it on with, uh, with my girlfriend last night and man, Matt, she enjoyed feeling that a lot more than she enjoyed feeling my man sweater. That's for sure. I mean, Gar, that's the, the man sweater is, I mean, I, you know, if, and if no one has seen Gar's man sweater, I think everyone who's been to the draft at least has seen Gar's man sweater. It, it gets better and better with, it's, it's like a fine one. It only gets better with age. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, yeah, I know, uh, I know my girlfriend really likes the salt and pepper look of the man sweater too. I couldn't pull that off when I was 10, 11. 12 years old you know the man sweater was fully brown at that point but now at 44 matt i got that salt and pepper look in the in the man sweater and it makes a huge difference are you are you are you calling yourself a silver fox now with the man Mm -hmm. yep is the man sweater a silver fox a chest silver fox i don't think i'm a silver fox in any other way except in the uh from the waist up oh yes let's uh i mean uh, I, i don't need to know about what's going on from the waist down i had plenty we had plenty of that experience with uh with uh, the double head, the double hold dildo, excuse me, in the uh, in the superpower vibrator. So we're we're I'm good for a while on that. Yeah, no, I mean you were lucky it wasn't with me. You're lucky it was just Alex and Morgan and not yep. me, Matt. I wouldn't wish yep. that upon anyone. You know, but but to be fair, I had we had permission from our others, you know, and and you know we offered for them to watch. They just turned it down. So I, I I don't know. I guess they're just a little prude. I mean, just, you know, whatever. Okay. I mean, you did a good job filming, Matt. I mean, I I just I. 
I couldn't mold, I couldn't do two things at once. So I just wanted to watch. But you did a good job filming. We did a good job documenting. My girlfriend, uh, Allie, is an attorney. So uh, she really emphasized how important that was to her. So we did all that. But for some reason, neither of them would watch it. Documentation's key. Yeah, I, it, you, know, and it, you, you know as well as I do, it can't, nothing can be verbal. It's got to be written. Okay, so we had written, you know, afterwards we got written documentation. And uh, Steve, it would, it, would, it would satisfy Steve as well. You know, because, you know, Steve's important in this whole matter as well. So I'm um, glad we got that taken care of. Absolutely. We put it through legal, our legal department, um, my girlfriend's legal department. So, I mean, I think we covered our bases. That's all we can do. I think so. I, I think we've uh, we, we've done our due diligence and now it's time to, um, you know, just put that in the archives and we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> and enjoy the fruits of what we have with the, with the vibrator and the dildo. And I, Enjoy this. And, and yeah, enjoy the sausages and cucumbers of what we have and move from there. Exactly. Exactly. So I think now we have the documentation, at least on my end, I can't speak for you. Uh, Allie is comfortable moving forward with the vibrator and the dildo. And I hope Madison is too. Um, we've been, Madison and I've been moving forward with vibrators and dildos for about 11 years now. So, you know, I mean, we've very, very comfortable with that. Well, good. Well, good. And, (laughs) 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 and you can see why they just wanted to cover us to cover our bases with filming the whole demo. And then we're good from there. (laughs) Oh man. So let, let me finish the other bit of good news, bad news here, Matt. Um, and other good news, bad news, us recording our week seven, episode 42, was apparently terrible for ratings. You know, we uh, we recorded really wait late, and we went down from eighty-two to forty-three unique listeners for that episode. But to demonstrate how resourceful this podcast is, last week's episode forty-three got us back on track as we recovered most of our regular listeners with seventy-eight tuning into that one. So, growing a grassroots podcast like that, like this, Matt, is clearly more of a bell curve than a straight line with peaks and valleys along the way. But as you know, all our hard work is already starting to pay off in spades. As I want you to talk about the email we received this week from the reps at but for fantasy purposes and things like that. But you effectively took three running backs after Tyreek Hill because you took Lamar, you took Ramondre, and you took James Cook. So you you satisfied your running game essentially, uh, you know, and and I hate to bring Graw into this again because I, I know he's not going to be happy. But in Graw, love you, you, you know that. But uh, I told you where I made where, where Graw made his mistake in going with running back in five. Okay, you opted basically to start there in two and three and four, and then I think he made real good decisions based on that. You know, and so you had your heavy hitter in Tariq Hill, who's going to cover a couple of your positions. Uh, you've got decent running backs in Ramondre and uh, James Cook. Uh, Lamar is going to cover a couple spots, so. Uh, I think you did real well. You traded Dalton Schultz away and ended up getting Dallas Goddard in his place, and Goddard's been really good for you so far. So um, overall, man, um, you know you also have Kyler Murray in round nine. So maybe he gets traded, maybe he doesn't, but it's still going to be a a good keeper pick for you, you know. And uh, yeah, so overall, man, this is probably your best draft either ever or at least that I've seen in the last five mm-hmm. or six years. You know? So uh, so well done to you, my friend. And uh, how are you feeling now? That the you're what uh, eight weeks in you're six and two I think right now. Of course your record can't your record speaks for itself. But how are you feeling about your team overall? I feel good that uh, I haven't been hit by the injury bug really. So everyone's healthy. Uh, that's the most important thing <laughs> in life and in fantasy football, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone everyone's healthy, and I think one thing I wanted to point out. So 
the draft's been good. I mean, I, I'm not getting as much out of Stevenson and Cook as I would have hoped. Lamar's doing basically – he's averaging 18 a game, 19, or something like that. So, uh, But Lamar does this typical thing where he'll get – he'll have weeks his floor is four, right? Uh, a lot of weeks he's – some weeks he's going to get 10, 11, 12. And then some weeks he's going to get 35. So it all averages out to about 18 or 19, which is about what I was expecting. Hill's been better than what I expected. So you're right. He covers two, a couple different spots. Stevenson and Cook, like I said, haven't done as much. Michael Thomas has been solid for a fifth-round pick. Got yep. Goddard in. That was key. Uh, Murray is going to come back. And so, um, you know, after only scoring 87 points against you last week, man, I'm thinking, God, you know, you look at some of these teams, like Corey's team, uh, you look at – uh, Joe's team. I just don't know if I quite have the firepower on a week-to-week basis to beat those guys. I think I can certain weeks. So I will definitely be thinking about trading Lamar for another piece. And I've identified a couple teams that might, just a couple. It really aren't a lot of teams looking for a quarterback, Matt. So I've identified a couple teams I might in the next couple of weeks be able to make a trade with. And one thing I want you to comment on, and I just kind of know this because I've been doing it all year, I've been mixing and matching defenses. So out of the mm-hmm. eight weeks – uh, I've had six times a defense gets six or 16 or more points. Uh, so that's, that's good. You know, that doesn't happen every year. You play matchups with defenses. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. So I think that's helped me tremendously as well. Oh yeah. I think so. You know, it's interesting, man, because I've been playing the streaming game as well this year too, right? How and have you been so- doing? Cause that mine's been great. Mine's probably the best I've ever done so far. To this point, I think it's probably the best I've ever done. Now it's hard to get that right every week. Right. And, and I made a mistake last week. Um, in retrospect, I thought the pick that I did last week with Atlanta was a good uh, matchup play. No, it was but, not a bad move. It was a good move. I yeah, think. but, you know, the funny thing is, had I stayed with New York, which was my other thing, well, I had the Giants, and I was just like, eh, who knows. Um, had I done that, I uh, would end up beating you probably. But, you know, it is it is what it is, man. But, no, you know, the streaming game is tough, especially in a league this size. It's actually... I do the streaming game in 12-team leagues really effectively, like really, really effectively. It's, it's a lot easier to do it there because you have so many teams that uh, only, you know, you have so many defenses that are out there. It's, it's pretty simple to go ahead and get that done, you know. But um, this year, is, it's, it's a, you know, I've actually kind of enjoyed it because I think that you have one or two options, right? You either pick a defense early, okay, maybe round seven or so, and you that that's what you're hoping that lands into like a top, five defense okay that's kind of what you're hoping for okay because if that's the case averaging probably about 14 points a game maybe 15 points a game depending on you know what kind of year it is but um or you could do the streaming game and where you're probably still going to average around 10 points a game you could have those games where you get like 25 you know what i mean that's kind of like you've had a couple of times this year where minnesota got you in the 20s right that's right um you know you've had uh, I think those are the two biggest biggest examples that you had. It's you know Minnesota. Yeah, the rest has just been the other good ones. Have just been solid performances like Seattle last week. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think Seattle had like 15, 16 points, something like that last week. So that's, that's right. Big, that's that's what I've been getting the other four. Weeks. Yeah, and that's that's, that's huge. I mean, you think of 15, 16 points. That's like third round value, right? To fourth round, maybe maybe second round value, depending on what it is. So yeah, it helped um, me beat you last week. If I just had a six or seven point week, I wouldn't have won. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I had a, you know, if, if I was six foot four, then I, you know, wouldn't I wouldn't be in this country. I'd be playing soccer over in Europe right now, probably. So you know, but uh, we'll see. You know, but uh, things. What well, my point is, it didn't happen. So unfortunately, you won. I lost. So thanks for keep rubbing salt in the wound, Dick. So it's fine, but. Uh, I do have to mention this. Deontay Johnson did just score a touchdown, so it's going to be a good There you go. Things are picking up this week for you. It's a good day for Matt. But, uh, 22 no, points he, for him so far. That's great. Yep, it's, I think that's probably where he's going to end, but I'll take 22. But, uh, no, overall, like I said, though, Gar, uh, the streaming games work for you really well. 
Um, will it work all season? Eh, you're you're going to have some, you're going to, you know, it's peaks and valleys with that stuff, you know? And, and so you'll, you'll run into some games where, uh, you're not going to do so well. And hopefully for your sake, that's not, if like you get in the playoffs or semifinals or whatever it is, then hopefully it doesn't happen there and kind of screws your whole team. But, um, you know, keep it rolling while you can. And I think you're about two wins away from, uh, snatching a playoff berth, probably with the points you scored. So, uh, you know, you've, you know, if you can get that done, man, good for you, you know? So, um, well, but overall guard, like I said, I think it's going to be, this is probably your best draft I've seen you have. Uh, James Cook and Ramondre haven't been quite as good as I expected them to be, but they're still serviceable. Right. And you're letting, you know, Tyreek's been better than I expected. Lamar's been better than I expected. So those guys are really carrying your team and the other guys are just kind of filling in pieces, but as we kind of mentioned last week, if you've got two guys that get you about 40 points and the other six gets you about 10, right, you're at 100 points, okay? So if in this league, 100 points will put you in every single game. And if you have one of those other guys that gets you 15, 16, whatever point, all of a sudden you're then 107, 110. That's going to guarantee you a win most weeks, you know? So that's kind of the formula. You know, so it overall, is to make the playoffs, but if I want to beat Corey, if I want to beat Joe, I'd like to get a little more firepower in here. So that's why I could see me putting Lamar in the trading block. So we'll see. Yeah, I, 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 you know, for me, I'd be careful with that because the grass isn't always greener and you don't know what Kyler Murray is going to be like. Kyler has always frustrated um, teams when they've had him. Uh, so I would go with the grain of, I would, you know, push away. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And I'd be real cautious about you know what kind of deal you're doing you know I yeah I, I agree with you but is there really that much difference between him and lamar they're almost like the same guy uh you know we can talk about that off air obviously you know but but it's uh yeah i you know well you have i didn't know i didn't know it was that serious matt i can't even talk about it well no what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, that, well, the point is that could take a long time you know uh, okay i got you so. All right, my friend. Let's go ahead and move on to Steve. Steve is a. Uh, when have we ever cared about time constraints, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're the one who gave me an hour tonight, so we're already 35 minutes in. So we're, uh, we'll go from there. We're yeah. Gar standard time, hour and 20 minutes. Okay, uh, okay we're good. Okay, then. So we're looking at Steve here, man. Steve is classic Steve, Patrick Mahomes. I think it's like the third year in a row he's done this or something like that. Pick number four. Then we're looking here at DK, Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, Pat Frymuth. And Brian Robinson Jr. as his um, as his top six. So uh, let's see. We've got we got wide receiver. Excuse me. We got quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, and running back. Gar, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, Steve's on Steve's draft? Is it is a good draft strategy or is it just unfortunate execution? Uh, what's what what are you looking at with Steve's draft this year? Well, we got to remember it wasn't it wasn't Steve. He did say what positions he wanted and what rounds. But True. It was, uh, was Matt Handy actually uh, making these picks off of Steve's list? So it was an auto draft. Uh, uh, I've mentioned this before. Why he decided to wait? I'd be interested to get his input. Was that a mistake, or did he intend to not draft a running back until the sixth round? Because that that's not a good move. Uh, drafting Patrick Mahomes at number four, I also did not think was a good move because. Uh, he's just, besides Kelsey, who's getting up there in age, the wide receiver core is very questionable. I know Mahomes is amazing, but I wouldn't pick him at number four uh, knowing all that. So I was happy to see him draft him in there at number four. I like his second, third, and fourth round picks. I like the tripling up of the wide receivers. But again, he didn't draft the tight end. He, I assume he didn't have the running back. He went with a tight end, mm-hmm. Rare Muth, before he went with a running back. So 
Uh, and then after that, it, it kind of, the draft ended up falling off. I mean, there were some picks later on, like Rashad Penny, I thought could be decent. Deontay Foreman actually is getting some run in Chicago right now, but Kenny Pickett's been really bad for the most part uh, for Pittsburgh besides that touchdown pass he just threw here in real time. Matt, he only had five touchdown passes in seven games entering tonight. Traylon Burks has been a bust. He wasn't that good last year as a rookie either. So uh, I picked Steve to go to the playoffs because, I mean, you look at that second, third, and fourth round pick with Mahomes. Uh, I was also pretty high on Robinson, who's had a decent year. Frymouth seemed like he'd be a a solid tight end, but he did get injured, and he has picket throwing to him. So I thought the team had potential. Uh, It wasn't the worst uh, draft strategy in the world, but those are the things I question. Yeah, you know – of course, it's a, it's an auto draft, and you know, so it's it's unfortunate. And I I followed it to the T, to the letter, you know, and to whatever Steve wanted, you know. And so uh, the I don't actually have an argument with the players that he's picked. Like Jerry Judy was supposed to have a big year, Russell Wilson, and uh, whoever the what the hell's the name of their coach, um, whatever his name is, but. Paid. Peyton, yeah, and he's supposed to have a massive year, and he's just been a humongous letdown, you know. And Chris Godwin, uh, you know, I was always, I was definitely wary about the Tampa Bay receivers without Tom Brady, you know, and you know went from a team that passed so much last year to probably middle of the road this year, I would imagine. And DK, uh, DK is a monster, man, but you know the, the Gino, I thought had a career year last year, and it's kind of showing he's, you know, he's not terrible, but he's not great. He's just kind of middle of the road as well. You know, and mm-hmm. so um, I don't think these were these were basically based off Steve's list. Would Steve have picked these guys if he was actually drafting? We'll never know. You know, but definitely waiting until six. Now he got a decent running back in Brian Robinson. Sure did. You know, and you know a serviceable one at that. He's probably averaging you know minimum probably eleven points a game. I would imagine somewhere on there. But mm-hmm. um, you know, still at that he's point, averaging thirteen. Uh... Uh, excuse me, he's averaging about, uh, yeah, uh, 11, 11 a game or so. Yeah, so that's not bad, but, you know, you, uh, I guess. It should be 12, 12 a game. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not bad, but I guess what you would want, though, is, I mean, look at who you missed, though. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes. Okay, cool. That's awesome, right? But you still could have got, Janowski drafted Burrow, okay, he could have gotten Herbert, who's doing just as well as Mahomes is this year, close to it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Can he could end up picking Tyreek Hill and Herbert, and still would have gotten Godwin probably and Judy and the other guys too. So that would have been mon- monstrous if he was able to do that. But um, maybe some Steve looks at for next year. I know Steve's big on quarterbacks. He's been doing well. He's been he's been drafting Mahomes for a while, but. I really think that you got to go. Even though I've said this, you know, multiple times over the past um, uh, over the past uh, couple of episodes, is that I know the league the shits on running backs, but they're still a hugely, humongously important part of fantasy football, especially in a league like ours. Because if you notice, teams that have two strong running backs have done really, really well this year. You know, really well. So because mm-hmm. it gives you what it's like, it's like the third, the running quarterback. It gives you almost two players in one when you can get the receiving running back who's also going to run. And, and also, what happens is if you end up losing yours to injury, your season is not over. You know what I mean? Like you still have a survey. Like you know, uh, some guys have had injuries to running backs. If they have strong second and third running backs, they're still competitive afterwards. And and if you have your healthy running back, then you have options. You have you have matchup plays that you can do to maximize your points. So 
even though the league still shits on running backs, and I know fantasy football has been shitting on running backs, they're still really, really important. But uh, let's see here. Um, moving on to our glorious, well-endowed, not-so-much-pecker. Okay, so let's... He was last week. Yeah, golly. Good for him, dude. Like, what is it? What is his... Uh... What's his record this year? Where is he sitting? They took some GFL Viagra last week. He hadn't shown up in weeks, but he took uh, a double. He took a double dosage of GFL Viagra last week. I mean, what a monster! And and Jesus would say, just because he was playing him. God, does anybody bitch more than Jay? Like, holy shit! It's gone to a new level this year. I don't know. I mean, you know, are you know? Hate to bring the families into us, but are his kids driving him that nuts? He's got a bitch about this shit. <laughs> oh man, you know Brian is is uh, you know last week I think I was texting with him today. It was one of the few weeks he didn't go to church. So if he wasn't going to pray to Jesus, he had to pray. He, he was uh, he was praying to Jesus. And boy, the, did he have a week that Jesus. Jesus had to really should have been proud of. Yeah, I mean, taking advantage of Jesus and good for him, man. You know, so uh, let's look at uh, let's look at Brian's draft here. We got the. You got McCaffrey, you got Higgins, Hopkins, Ingram, Rogers, and Kadarius Tony. So, I, uh, Igar, once you take it, I'll go from then. I'll and I'll go from there. I'll, yeah, I'll look at his. I'll look at his draft. But you asked me a great question about Jay and Jay and the kids, and it's like, how could Jay complain when he's literally got uh, one third of the kids that his brother does? <laughs> and we never hear Troy complain about anything. How can Jay complain so much? He's the defending fucking champion. He's bitching about how all this shit always happens to him. And woe is me. He's the defending fucking champ. Okay, get over it, Jay. Yeah. Holy shit. Exactly, exactly. I'm going to bring him on. We need to do a little woosah, okay, one day with him. We need to bring him on uh, no, next week, week after whatever it is and then we let, let, let's you know let's have a little therapy session with Jay exactly and but you know but you don't want things too uh, too similar so we, we can see that Jesus and Jesus are definitely not the same character that's <laughs> true yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, Jay's draft uh, he uh, he took Justin Jefferson first. Great pick. He just got injured. I mean, the whole, no, no, no. whole we're, Minnesota we're, we're, team's falling apart. Cousins out for the year. Guard, back but, it up. Guard, back it up. One second. We're on. We're on Peckers right now. Don't, don't, don't blow your. Oh, load I'm so early. sorry. So sorry. I'm talking about Jay, and then we're on the Peckers. <laughs> don't, don't blow your load too early. I know it's hard for you, but don't blow it too early, Guard. Okay, just you know, pressure points, sensitivity points. Con, take a deep breath. And go with the pin now, 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 now. Indulge yourself in some Peckers. Too late, too late, Matt. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know he, uh, he he got McCaffrey. I thought that was good. I thought it was good for him that McCaffrey yeah. fell there. He's been you know one of the best players in fantasy. T Higgins was a great pick. Uh, I was high on Hopkins, who's had his moments this year. Ingram got ten catches against Jay and had been solid before that. Yeah. Uh, so bad luck with Rogers getting injured though. Rogers is thirty, almost forty years old. So older you get. The uh, more prone you are to that, uh, Kadarius Tony. I don't even know if you still be in the NFLs. Yeah, uh, with, same thing with Elijah Mitchell. So those weren't good picks, but man, sure recovered in the eighth and ninth. Boyd uh, has had a couple of good weeks. Uh, he's he's not he's he's aging as well. But when Higgins was out, I mean, he was at least serviceable. And man, the man whose name that we we will never be able to pronounce on Miami. Yeah. What a pick that was! And I think he's coming back this week or next week. So. Um, God, even without uh, a quarterback and Brian just, <laughs> he blows uh, literally, I mean, 
it's the Packers, right? So if they're gonna they're gonna blow their wad, they're gonna blow it big. So he blows all his fat money early. Doesn't really bother uh, playing the waiver wire much after that. You know, I, I, does he have a quarterback on his roster right now, Matt? I don't think I don't even know. Golly, if he I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he kind of. Um, he kind of went with my strategy and drafting one quarterback basically is what he ended up doing. But I mean, when he shoots, I mean, he can sometimes you know hit the money shot. You know, is what he can do. And exactly. So, exactly. You know, he's not, with, he's not uh, going. He's not going for ones and twos. He's trying to hit nines and tens. So. Absolutely. You know, and it's he one certainly of the, did with uh, whatever that Miami running back's name is. Yeah, with a. Uh, I think I think official pronunciation is a chain. I think that's what it is. But who knows. Uh, when he, you know, Reminds me of the A train, Anthony Thomas. Now we got the. Know, what's inter- What's interesting is that I think this guy's value will be even better next year. When I I don't know what kind of deal Mostert's on over in uh, over in Miami. I'm not sure if it's a one year deal or whatever it is. But if they let this guy take the reins next year, with how he's done so far this year, if he can, I mean, of course you're not going to continue 50 point games or anything like that, but. This dude could be something special if he continues this kind of level of production, and and then all of a sudden Brian's got a you know Brian's got uh, shoots a, a team to be a team to be you know concerned about you know and for the for really the first time and who how, how you know Brian's always had decent teams but never a team that you would think would you know win the whole league or something like that because Brian always. You know, we'll forget to set his lineup once or twice a year or something. Or something. Doesn't play the waiver wire stubbornly, you know. You know, but I think you know with with McCaffrey, he's kind of like a fantasy football cheat code. He's almost like Tyreek Hill a little bit. You know, he's two players in one. You know, and so uh, Higgins, good pick. I think you know the Higgins production hasn't been that great this year. But when you look at the other guys that are around him that he could have gotten. Um, hard to argue, you know, maybe you pick up ETN as your second running back. You don't have to, you know, but maybe that's what you do. I think Higgins is probably the best one you're going to draft there. Uh, cause the guys after him, like Debo and Terry McLaurin really haven't had, they've had okay years, nothing great, but, uh, Higgins probably the best one there. And then Hopkins, if you're going to go receiver, I can understand that, you know, for sure going DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I don't, I didn't love, um, I didn't love the offense that he went to. Okay, but you know, hard to argue with uh, some of his production at times and his history of production. So I get, I understand the picks, you know, and you know, I really don't disagree with his strategy too much because he decided to punt. He he did the kind of the he did what Joe did. He punted on a quarterback because he, I, you know, I don't. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, thinking he's you know like you know what I don't love these quarterbacks. I'm going to punt on them until round five, you know. And uh, Aaron Rodgers could have had a good year. I think he would have been more of a game manager as opposed to actually like a monster. You know, but he still would have been serviceable. They're more serviceable than Zach Wilson, who he's been rolling out there the last. That's few years. for that's for sure, you know. And so I, you know, in terms of strategy itself, I don't really have an I don't really have much of a problem with it. He went running back, and he's got two receivers and his tight end. Uh, actually, Ingram. I told you this before the draft. Ingram was one of the tight ends I was targeting. It was him and Vermouth and. I was hoping Ingram would fall to me. Uh, didn't happen, but uh, he's been very, very good this year. I think he's been probably averaging around 10, 12 points a game, which uh, for our league tight ends, that's great. That's good. And actually, he has Wilson on the roster, but he has not played him since week five. So <laughs> probably the right, probably the right. But isn't that crazy? Like you would play Josh Palmer <laughs> over, yeah. over a quarterback. That's a bad yeah. quarterback. Play. It's unbelievable, so. but. Uh, you know, um, all in all, I don't think his draft was bad. Uh, I think he's had a, I think he's had a decent draft. And so that's kind of reflected in terms of his, his, his team. He's four and four right now. So, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think he's done. I think his draft was okay. I think his draft was halfway decent, actually. The execution might not be great with his players, but strategy wise, I don't really have an offer. I don't really have a problem with it. And for entertainment value, just watching Jay squirm last week, scoring almost 130 points and losing yeah. to the Packers was worth yeah. its weight in gold. It, it, it is. It is. You know, it, it's it's beautiful to see, you know, because, uh, you know, Jay is, uh, Jay, I'll tell you what. No, man. we don't wish ill, but man, it was funny. It was funny. No, it, you know, it, I don't know what's better when Jay's good or when Jay sucks. And I think when Jay sucks, it's better because he flips out and he's like the, he's like the social media troll when he gets, when he sucks because he just starts going nuts. He's like that little 15-year-old kid who can't stop posting about his feelings or something like that, you know, and it's awesome. It's this whole how, how fun is it going to be to watch him going against uh, me go, Me having Lamar going against him this week? Oh, the, bane I, of his, I hope, the bane of his existence. I can't wait for Lamar to put up like 40 points. and then You for, know it's going to happen. He's got a good matchup. And Seattle's got a good defense. Because Jay's team is beset by buys, I'm hedging with Seattle defense against Lamar so, just so I can't lose either way. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that one. Okay, so I... Uh, I for for your sake and for actually for my sake, I hope that uh, Seattle's defense gets torn to pieces because that means Zay probably has a pretty big game. So well, I'm okay with that too because that means Lamar's doing great. <laughs> exactly. You know, but um, anyway, so let's look at Jay's team though. All right, so we've got Jay with Jefferson McLaurin <laughs> drafted four wide receivers when you can only play three. He drafted four wide receivers in the first five rounds, and so. He went double running back in six and seven, and a quarterback in round three. Gar, uh, hit me with what you got on this one. Yeah, I mean, he drafted good players, but uh, unfortunately, because of the the Jaeger bomb volume, I think he forgot that he hadn't drafted a, <laughs> a running back in the sixth yeah. round. So, uh, it, you know, running back slips. So Javante's uh, really good value in the sixth round. He followed that up with P. Ryan. When honestly, uh, what McLaughlin, that that other guy, I mean, he's actually turned into the backup, but. His strategy, I thought, was good. Matt doesn't like doing the uh, handcuffs that "quote unquote" early, though. I, I would argue, Matt, that sixth and seventh is more like ninth and tenth in a uh, twelve-team league. So I don't think it was that early to do that. So I think he salvaged the draft uh, after week one. I was touting him as a uh, playoff team. Uh, I, I still would. I mean, I think he's got the talent to do it. Ix had a really good year. Pittman's had. I mean, there. McLaurin's shown some signs in recent weeks too. Um, so uh, yeah, overall. Uh, I do like the team. He was also able to pick up Johnny Smith, who's been a really serviceable tight end. So uh, overall, I think uh, and Baltimore's been a pretty good defense in round 13. So uh, I, I like Jay's draft strategy. Not the best, but uh, Jay being pretty good at player personnel uh, evaluator, in my mind, I think he salvaged it really well and has a, has a pretty good team. Yeah. I, you know, look, Jefferson is – Justin Jefferson, right? So that's not going to ever be a bad pick. McLaurin's been okay. Uh, I don't think he – if it's me, I probably would have looked at ETN at that spot, to be honest with you. I probably would have done that, you know, because I can still get uh, – I can, if you look at his value of his of his team, right, you're still going to pick up Pittman Jr. and Ayuk in round four and five. Those guys fell there. You know, so he would have had Jefferson, ETN – Pittman, Ayuk, and, you know, maybe Herbert as well. That would have been pretty much a nasty, nasty team, you know. So mm-hmm. I, what I don't like about the back-to-back Javante Williams and Samaje Pirine, right, is you basically drafted one player with two picks because you're drafting a guy who's not going to play unless there's an injury. That's what that's my problem. And in round seven, I understand it's round nine or ten for us, but 
you look look at a uh, you know I know he doesn't need receivers. I'm just giving out players. Look at Romeo Dobbs, for example, right? Look at a guy like Jalen. Uh, I can use one, two, three, four, five, six, and so he's early seven. You know, he could have gotten uh, Jalen Warren, who you knew was going to split carries with uh, with Najee Harris this year. You know, you could have gotten. Uh, I mean, hell, you could have picked up Sam Laporta as a tight end. You know what I mean? Like you didn't, he didn't pick up a tight end until eleven. You know, so I mean, just, I just don't, I don't like, I don't like that personally speaking, because like I said, you're picking up. I've never been a fan of drafting handcuffs. I just haven't. You know, I'd rather mm-hmm. get my good players early, and then I'd rather go for 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 um, potential keeper value picks later down the road who've got a chance to start or something like that. Uh, you know, because handcuffs are you're basically wasting draft picks on guys who you are banking on injuries for, and you're basically getting backups. Is what you're, you're drafting backups is what you are. Now I understand that round seven through fucking fifteen are probably backups anyway, but if you're drafting the guys with high 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 potential, you've got a chance for those guys to really get some 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 game time. And I'm not trying to use my team as an example, but look at Kyron Williams and look at Puka, right? Stuff like that. That's those are the kind of guys I would target in, in rounds like that. So I'm not a fan of drafting uh, running backs like he did. But you know, Herbert, uh, McLaurin, Pittman Jr., Ayuk, um, all good picks, man. No, no, no complaints there. Four running backs. Excuse me, four wide receivers in the first five. Uh, unnecessary. You know, my thought was you're going to. My thought was he was going to try and trade and trade one of them, which I still think he should, but. Uh, hasn't happened yet. I don't, I don't know if he's been trying or not, but it hasn't happened yet. Matt, I mean, let's just be diplomatic. I mean, you're a good manager. He's a good manager. You've got your draft strategy. He's got six Jaeger bombs before round <laughs> six. So it just sometimes it can diverge in different directions. The actual yeah. uh, draft how it plays out. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got he's got his uh, his strategy and his plan. I've definitely got mine. So uh, you know. Uh, Bottom line though, Jay's got a good team. He puts up a lot of points, right? He does, you know. And Herbert's been, excuse me, uh, Jefferson's been injured the last four weeks, and he's coming back next week, maybe. So he's got a good team. It's just one of those where, you know, uh, could he have a better team? And that's what we're analyzing, right? Was the strategy good enough to, to is is it what it should be, or where can we where can we improve this? And I think he can improve it by having a second round pick as a running back saving his wide receivers for four and five. You know what I mean? I think that's what he could have done. But, um, you know, and then maybe draft a tight end in six or another wide receiver in six, depending on what he wanted to do, uh, and go from there. But, you know, that's his team. It's it's not mine, you know. And, uh, you know, he's the defending champ, and I'm not. You know, I'm the guy who had a terrible year last year. So You're the guy who beat him in the championship game. Yeah, that was a good – dude, that was a fucking ten years ago. That was a good <laughs> Dude, like that was when we were going. What was the name of that bar we would go to every Sunday? That that it was the Texas Tech bar that loved us after a while. Who? What was the name of that bar? Was it Junction? Was it Junction? I don't even know if it was, dude. I can't remember the name of the bar. So, Joe Haney, I know you're listening to this thing, so you should let us know what the name of that bar was. I'll check the recap preview archives, Matt. We'll yeah, do that for me because there was I forgot the name of the bar, but you and I would go there every single week uh, for. I think we had a good two years there before we, before other things started creeping I, in. You know, I may be able to tell you before this episode's over. Yeah, I definitely know you and I were not married at that point because we were still. I don't even know if Madison and I were dating yet. I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> it's funny but, you, when you get married, you got kids and stuff. I barely even, 
you know, I study it. I study the stats. I watch the highlights. I watch what I can, but I'm not watching nearly as much as I did back then. No, uh, but I, you know, I follow stats a lot, and I just like them. You know, so I, that's why I kind of know a lot about these guys. In this yeah, player. we know the players. We read the scouting reports. We read the articles. I mean, we we know what we're talking about. We just don't actually watch it sometimes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, Garlando, that recaps that that takes care of the GFC. So I, you know, guys, um, hopefully you guys have uh, not learned something or anything like that, but. You know, hopefully y'all are satisfied with your draft strategies. I know that we uh, analyze the crap out of them and everything like that. So hopefully, uh, you know, if you guys are happy with it, awesome, dude. And I, I don't think we actually disagree with too many. I think we agreed with a lot of them. Just like maybe a minor tweak here or there. But overall, it's a good – I mean, the league knows how to draft, you know. So I mean, it's just sad, you know, when these trilogies have to end, Matt. You know, it's just, uh, you know, what are we supposed to do with our life now that we have to move on to <laughs> – talking about actual uh, games that are happening in the GFL. So it's bittersweet, but, uh, you know, I guess all good things have to, to end. So Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> all, all, those, all those trilogies did. So anyway, I guess well, that's it. That being said, Gar, uh, let's see here. I think we but got maybe it's for- not it, Matt. We did forget one manager that and it's uh, it's the namesake of the last episode. We forgot to go over Brian Janowski's team. Oh, we do. You know what, Gar? We absolutely did. So is it, um, I guess, do we need to or no? Um, I think we could probably just move on. No, let's, let's, uh, talk, about it real, let's talk about it real quick. We, okay. we, we should. We should. And if you don't, I will. Now, I know you want to talk about y'all's matchup this week. So if you want, I'll just kind of lead with his actual uh, draft. And so go with his draft. Segue right into y'all's matchup this week, which has gotten a lot more interesting with Deontay and how he did. It has. It has. You go, with, go ahead and go with his draft, and then we'll uh, – and then I guess you can do a role reversal here, right? So you can go with the draft, and I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and analyze. Yeah, I mean, we watched Alex and Morgan do all kinds of role reversals a couple of weeks ago, so I'm pretty versed in at least seeing this stuff. So let's I'll do the best uh, I can Go do now it. on my own. Um, uh, I, I called his first two picks when we were doing our pre-draft prediction. You did. I couldn't believe you got it right, too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the Jonathan Taylor, but early third round, I thought uh, it was a little early. But, you know, now that – He's back, but that was my big concern is, okay, well, when you say in a best-case scenario, which is what's played out, he comes back around this time or a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if he's behind the eight ball, wouldn't it be better to get someone who's going to play those first four or five weeks? So that's my argument there. Mike Evans uh, hasn't done – I mean, he's had his weeks, and he's also had weeks where he has duds. And I guess that's under any quarter, whether it's Brady or Mayfield. But overall, really good fourth-round pick. Hall was just a steal at number five. He's getting the volume now. Dalvin Cook wants to be traded. You and I both thought he was kind of getting washed last year. It's continued this year. So I don't know why the Jets paid him that money when Michael Carter is actually a decent backup running back. They had no need for Cook in my mind, but they paid him. Uh, Higby, I don't know how he's done the last few weeks, but you know we always talk about how he's a serviceable tight end. Dobbs is uh, not a horrible seventh-round pick. Anthony Richardson, I know he didn't pick him in the keeper rounds, but He's got a lot of potential moving forward. He's got to, you know, when you're in the NFL, when you're a mobile quarterback, you got to learn to protect yourself as much as you can. So he just wasn't doing it and ended up having a season-ending injury. And so uh, overall, uh, I like what Fantasy Pros did. 
Uh, and uh, he's only three and five now, so I think some of that might be a product, like I said, of a little bit of bad luck, but uh, kind of using that third-round pick in a way that wasn't going to help those first few weeks, so I would have done it differently. But overall, I mean, if he could somehow come back and beat you this week, uh, he does have a very good chance to make the playoffs. If he goes down this week, it's going to be pretty tough. You know, I'm, I'm going to – I said this at, during the draft, and I still maintain this. I really like his draft. I really do. I was a little concerned about him at Jamar Chase at five. I really was. Okay. And not that Jamar Chase is a bad pick, but I know how much he likes Kelsey and I know how much he likes going tight in early. And then it kind of sets up the rest of his draft. Right. And I know how he does that, but I think he made the absolute perfect. I, I told you this too, a perfect pick stacking Joe, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I think it was a perfect pick. Mm-hmm. You know, then he went ahead and kind of followed your lead a little bit and did the you know the running back. Uh, Mike Evans is too good to pass up in round four, so I get I completely understand what he did there. And yeah, Brees Hall fell exponentially. I couldn't believe Brees. I think he got injured last year, right? Is that what happened? He tore his ACL or something like that. He so, did. Yeah. So you pick up a great steal in round five, okay? And he, his first five picks are just monsters, is what they are now. His strategy overall, he's got two good running backs in in in, uh, in the first five rounds. Okay, he's got two good receivers in the first five rounds. Now he does he picked up Higby in six, and Higby's only got nineteen points over his last four games. Okay, so he's not really doing that. I thought he had gone a little quiet. So. Yeah, he's not doing that great right now. However, I just I just mentioned that, so I'm assuming he's going to have nineteen points this week. Okay, is what I'm assuming. He's gonna have, okay, <laughs> so. Um, you know, and Dobbs has done actually, you know, way better. He's been the best receiver in Green Bay. And to be fair, Anthony Richardson, I, you know, I know I'm going a little bit deeper in the draft. I think this could have waited. May I don't know if he would have gotten picked. I think this could have waited till round nine. I think he could have done. If you hit round nine with Anthony Richardson, you got a great keeper in round nine. Do will he last there? I don't know, but I think he could. It, it, it's worth taking a chance on it. You know what I mean? I think it's worth taking a chance. You know, and uh, but overall, I really like his draft. I like the strategy behind it. You know, Janowski and I talk as well uh, before the draft all the time. You know, we much like you and I go out to you know on the curb and have our have our. Our uh, our strategy session. And how we used to go to Hefley's, Matt. I fact checked us. Hefley's That's that's what it was called. Hefley's. That's right. That's the bar. Yeah. Um, Not too many good looking girls. A lot of heifers at Hefley's. A lot of heifers for sure. But no, I know. Like I know you and I have the. You know, we spent about three hours at on the curb, going over different stuff and things that we've seen and and things like that. Well, Janowski and I. Usually we'll talk the Wednesday before the draft. This year we talked on the way up to the draft, right? I was he was on the way in, and I've I've got about an hour and ten minute drive over to Brian, so we spoke for a good forty five minutes on the way up there. And he and I kind of went over a different a couple different scenarios, and um, I don't know if this was one of them that he and I actually picked out. I don't think this was, you know, I really don't. So uh, I just like his draft. Now here's the one thing I think I would change, and I think he would have changed. Not the position, it's the player. Right, I think, and if he had to do it over again, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, I think if he goes ETN instead of Jonathan Taylor, uh, the dude's probably, you know, five and three, six and two right now. I really think he is, you know, but, uh, but he's not, you know, he he didn't, you know, Joe Burrow the first three three weeks really hurt him, and you know now that he and I are playing each other this week, I'm five and three, he's three and five, uh, I kind of figured it i kind of figured basically 
I think the VFC is only getting um, – I think they're only getting three teams in there this year, okay? And Janowski already has five losses. So, for basically, he either needs to – if he wins out, he guarantees himself a spot in there. But I think he's got to go five and one over the next six weeks. I think he's to, – to, to get himself in. You know, and I don't see – I don't see any other way for him to get in. If he if he's seven and seven, I don't think that's going to be good enough for third place in the in the VFC. No, the VFC is top heavy, and I think there's going to be a third team around each <clears> So you're right. And yeah, now, seven and seven might do it, but to be safe, yeah, he needs to go five and one. And well, here's the, totally safe. <laughs> here's the thing, though. If he's going to go seven and seven, okay, maybe Nick goes seven and seven as well. But right now, Nick has over a hundred point lead on. Uh, oh, excuse me, no, he doesn't. Nick's got a Actually, Brian, he had a good week last week, so he really came back a lot. Uh, Nick's got only about, a, I think it looks like a 30. Uh, hang on. Let me look at the points here. I'll look at it, too. Uh, He's got about a 70-point lead, maybe 69-point lead on him in terms of points right now. Yeah, so that's that's recoverable for sure, you know, but it's one of those where he's got to really, you know, he's really got to start scoring some big-time weeks here, 110, 115 a week for the next three or four weeks to really get his points up there. That way it gives him a shot just in case people go 7-7. Seven and seven. Yep, it's going to be a tall order. So you're ready to yeah. go to the previews of the games? We can look at y'all's matchup and go from there. Let's do it. I mean, let's let's do it. Like So, so basically – It's um, called a segue in the business, Matt. That's a good segue. Yeah, that's, that's what we do, Gar. You, you know, that's why like Petrayon wants our, wants our nuts, you know. And like, wants, I, like I told you. May Gar, want some you, young nuts. May want some young nuts too, apparently. Maybe so, but lead me to the promised land, okay? I told, I told you, and you're leading me right there, Gar. Okay, you, you <laughs> segued it right in, all right? I but, don't know if I should lead us to Petrayon, <laughs> man, but okay, let's keep going. Uh, game. This is definitely game of the week, in my opinion. And not just because it's my game, because there's a lot riding on this game. You know, for me, it's a huge game to come back from. Uh, pretty rough loss to you. Uh, for him, had a rough loss to your brother. Both of us are in a must-win situation. I know that I've got to go at least probably. I've got to get at least three and three over the next uh, six games to give myself a shot. More realistically, probably four and two. Uh, he's got to go probably at least five and one. So. Uh, Gar, why don't you, you you can analyze this one for me, man? Go ahead and uh, go ahead and let me know what your thoughts are. I mean, we haven't done this in a while, man. But it's like riding a bike previewing these games. I really do. Uh, enjoy uh, well, actually, it. this is my favorite part. More often on our fantasy football podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deontay did great tonight, so that helps you out tremendously. Yeah. So uh, Flowers against Seattle, good matchup. You would think uh, Seattle could put up some points uh, against anybody. Mm-hmm. Baltimore defense has been very good, but. Uh, Flowers, man, he had like six catches for 19 yards last week. Not much, but he's always yeah. going to be involved. So in this kind of game, you would think uh, he could do something. Uh, <clears throat> Sean White did great against me. Matt, it's so interesting. Like in the Thursday night, you had like four. I hate to keep talking about matches. You had like over 40 points. You only ended up with like 30 more across the yeah. guys. Like, I mean, you should have run one that going away. But good start for you to start the week. Rashad White got always involved in that passing game and mm-hmm. gets 10 to 12 carries too. So uh, really not a great flex, right? And he can he can be your starting running back in a pinch. So uh, Kate Otten, I put a bid on him. <laughs> I complained about him so much and released him a few weeks ago, but should be rostered. You're looking for tight end help. That was a good pickup. And you got Puka, you got Allen. Uh, you stream you stream your defense. New Orleans is a good, de- great defense to uh stream this week against Chicago. So uh, you're in good shape to compete. On the other side, Evans against Houston. The the Texans defense has been really good. They do have a pretty decent secondary. So could be hit or miss. You never know with Evans. Uh, 
Chase, I mean, they're going to have to score some points against Buffalo, so that should be a really good matchup for him and Burrow. Uh, Taylor, you know, Moss has been taking away some of the carries, right? I mean, mm-hmm. still, Moss is still getting close to 10 carries a game, but they're so run heavy. Uh, uh, they're playing Carolina. You'd think they'd be in it, so there should be plenty of Taylor to go around. Uh, Higby has been struggling recently. I'm just looking at his numbers. Man, he's been, you know, he, he ended up having a good comeback last week. Uh, five catches, 45 yards. So, uh, you know, he's not going to kill him by any stretch of the imagination. And then he's got the Las Vegas defense going home against the Giants. I think Daniel Jones might be coming back this week. So uh, he's not that great anyway. And he could be a little rusty. So uh, some potential there for Vegas. They don't have a great defense. So I would definitely lean, uh, I think, you in this matchup, but uh, especially after seeing the 22 points tonight. But it should be a good one. Should be a good one, I think, as well. I I don't really know. Honestly, I don't really have a lean one way or the other. I think the projections of 53-47, 50-50, I think that's pretty accurate because – He's got better players than I do, right? Talent-wise, he's got a better team than I have, okay? But my matchups are, I think, are slightly better than his are, you know? So it's uh, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a very if, up-in-the-air kind of game. And uh, I can, I just hope that Houston keeps coming through with kind of the defense they've had. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping for not a shootout between Buffalo and, um, and what do you call it, and Cincinnati. But maybe I am because, you know, but... You know, just as long as uh, Jamar Chase doesn't have all the touchdowns or anything like that, you know. So uh, I think if it's a shootout between Buffalo and Cincinnati, then I'm in some trouble because that means Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow are having good games, you know. So that's going to be pretty tough for me. So I'm hoping for like a 2017 kind of game somewhere around there. You know, that'd be nice. But, um, you know, if Josh Allen can get his – you know, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. So if I can get him, you know – a uh, another 20 25 point game then I'm in you know I'll put myself in a pretty good position to be honest with you. You, know? you want a solo shootout. You want uh, Miami to be doing the shoot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Buffalo to Buffalo to be doing the shooting. For sure, absolutely. So all right, let's go ahead and look at another big time game this week. I only picked this one out. You know what? We're going to go ahead and go with uh Mike Wilson and Nick. Okay, it's going to be a big game as well on that one because uh, it's not going to affect too much um the their individual standings, right? Because Mike's Mike's going to stay second no matter what happens, uh, and Nick's probably going to stay right around where he's at regardless of what happens. But this actually has big implications on Janowski as well, okay? Because if Janowski loses, he needs he needs um, he needs Nick to lose this game basically, so everything kind of stays the same more or less. You know what I mean? So uh, that has a big implication on him as well. So uh, Gar, why don't you go ahead and take this one as well, man? See what you think. Yeah, um, so Nick's starting, uh, Keenan Allen's had a really, at least that was a few weeks ago, was having a really huge year, and he's been solid, so he just had a really good year, um, so it's nice having him at the top there. Um, Jaden Reed on Green Bay, it's just, they just cannot trust, uh, I was high on him pre-draft, would have drafted him as a keeper as well, thought it was a good pick, he's had his weeks, but I mean, you just can't trust Jordan Love whatsoever, Matt, I've totally pulled back, I was just hedging my bets, I didn't know. <laughs> I was hoping Stroud and Love would come through this year. It's only been it's only been Stroud. Uh, but, you know, you like to say it. It's a good point. Maybe sometimes you don't know in the first year. Maybe Love does have physical tools. His coach is talking about it. I think I've seen it enough in the few games I've watched him play. But it's just not materializing for him. And I don't expect it to materialize the rest of the year. So uh, that's kind of a hole there for Nick, I think. Though Reed could have a good game. We'll just see what happens. Pollard. Uh, 
uh, Pollard's been, let's see, not much last week. Not overall, Pollard. I mean, really, the three of the last four weeks has been under double digits. So that's not a good. That's not a good trend. Yeah, there. it's so not we'll been great. Taysom Hill's getting very undervalued by Yahoo, probably because the algorithm hasn't adjusted to him. Uh, I don't know why it hasn't adjusted actually, because he's been really good the last three weeks, averaging 16 points a game. So what a what a weapon to have as your tight end, who's going to run the ball and receive the ball, and he's doing a lot of both right now. <laughs> Swift, I think they're kind of undervaluing uh, his point. Why are they only forecasting him for 13 points? I mean, he's averaging well over that on the year. He's averaging 16 he's been, to 17 points a game. So he's I don't Seven double-digit games in a row. Seven. Yeah, so, yeah. Tua uh, at KC, I mean, yeah, probably, you know, 17 is probably average. I mean, he could go maybe even for more than that. So, uh, I think Nick's set up pretty well besides Jaden Reed. But, again, Jaden Reed could have a big game. And how's Jaden Reed been doing? I mean, he's had three he, of the last four down. games with double digits. So, I mean, maybe, maybe something there. So, we'll see. It's, it's up and down. He's kind of doing like the Christian Watson thing from last year. Like last week, four catches, 83 yards. I mean, he's relying on big kind of either touchdowns or big big gains. But, uh, you know, I don't know how healthy Watson really is, to be honest with you. And, you know, and, and like you said, you can't trust Jordan Love. And this is unfortunately the issue we're running into with, uh, with a lot of quarterbacks nowadays is, you know, look, Jordan Love had three years or so under Rodgers. So he should actually be ahead of some of these other guys right now because he should be able to kind of step right in and get after it, you know. But look at a guy like Bryce Young. They throw him in the fold too early, and they, they're they going to ruin this. The, these coaches are going to ruin these guys' careers because they're worried about their jobs. You know, they, they, they're not developing these quarterbacks anymore. I remember when you and I were first growing up, you if you were a number one draft pick, you didn't even start your first year usually. You took a year to learn, basically, and then you started after that. That was, that was mm. kind of how And those quarterbacks end up becoming a lot better because they start to understand how to play NFL football. That's right. Uh, college football you know so it's different now uh because these coaches uh these owners and coaches want success right away and uh they're not willing to build a team you know and and that's a problem you know that's a problem with development of of these guys so yeah i mean i don't you know so uh, who knows how that's gonna go but yeah tony pollard's not been good over the last four four weeks or so uh nick's team is still doing really well though he's finding ways to score points and uh, but you know Mike's team, man. He's Mike's had a good year. Mike's had a great year. I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I totally wasn't a fan of his draft, but Gabe Davis had his best year, best game of the probably in a couple of years last last week. And then uh, Bijan, uh, you know, I think Drake London's out this week, so Bijan should get a few more receptions. And uh, Ken Walker's been great. And you know, I think Dak's going to struggle. Actually, I don't think Dak. You know, Philadelphia's pass defense isn't that great, so Dak might actually be okay. Uh, this week against Philly, so uh, I got I got to take Mike in this one. Honestly, I really do. I think Mike's gonna win this one. Yeah, um, it's it's it's. I'm just looking at the matchups here, uh, but you're right. Mike's but uh, receivers have been have been better than decent. Gabe Davis and then uh, how's Amari done? I mean, yeah, Amari's been Amari this year. He's really done exactly probably what Mike expected. Uh, having the two running backs is so good uh, to have. So man, it's gonna be a really good matchup. I, I would probably lean. Mike as well, but yeah. it's hard to even make a hard to even make a call on this. Absolutely. Really, absolutely. So let's go ahead and look at another hey, one. Matt, I wanted to mention Bijan Robinson. Uh, I was at the UT game last week. Have you tried the new Honey Bijan mustard? I heard it's pretty good. 
<laughs> I feel like that's something that Whataburger would come out with. Remember how they had that honey butter chicken biscuit or whatever it was? I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. the honey, the honey bajon chicken biscuit or something like that. Oh, uh, it'd probably be delicious. They're holding up two cards. They hold up two cards now for plays. I don't know if they did that when you were at Rice. And so uh, my friend um, who likes the, likes the mustard was joking. They held up a, a card of Bajon's face, and I was joking that, the, that he was holding the mustard bottle, too. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, uh, was there anybody in the crowd um, – that you notice with a cell phone taking camera, you know, videoing the game of the cue cards for, you know, any playoff purposes by any chance? Did you notice anything like that? Or I don't know, but I saw James Comey in the crowd. So I heard there's this <laughs> FBI investigation of uh, Michigan uh, sign stealing scandal. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the, Astros. unbelievable. Uh, there could be something to miss. So I did, I did see James Comey in the crowd. All right, let's go ahead and look at another one here. A VFC, a v, another VFC game. Uh, this is basically Lane's last shot here. I know Lane is two and six. He's got to basically win out over here. He's out uh, of chances with me, but I'll, whatever you want to say. Yeah, Corey can clinch it. I think Corey basically clinches a playoff spot if he wins. He'll be eight and one. So I think Corey clinches a playoff spot if he wins today. Uh, might be the earliest. I mean, it won't be official, but it might be the earliest playoff spot clinching we've probably seen in a long time, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Sure would be. Um, eight and one. Anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and, I guess, take this one. Uh, A.J. Brown for Corey's been a monster. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah, and a run-heavy offense doesn't matter. I mean, this dude is getting – I mean, his last one, two, three, four, five, six games, I want to say he's probably averaging 25 to 27 points a game is what he's probably doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's disgusting what he's – you know, the thing I used to dis- hate about A.J. Brown, right, was that – he would have like two games where he'd get in a row that he'd get like three points and drive you nuts, right? And then he'd blow up for like a 45 point game, then go back to maybe another game that sucked. And, you know, he's so talented, but at the same time, he wasn't consistent. And now the dude obviously is being consistent with his, his production. I mean, the guy's incredible. You know, he just, he's awesome. So, um, Addison, you know, has been really good since Jefferson went down. Now they have a new quarterback this week. So, We'll see how that goes. How does that affect it? We don't know. You know, I do think that's actually going to be a positive for Hawkinson when the quarterback goes down because usually new quarterbacks rely on tight ends. That kind of like safety valve. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be good for him. Uh, still going with Howell. I don't know if Deshaun's healthy or not, but Howell's been really good except for just getting sacked all the time. You know, so uh, not the last overall, couple of weeks because I'm, I'm looking at Seattle and one of the reasons I'm keeping them they're going against Washington, so they've held up a little bit better the last couple of weeks, I believe. Or at least yeah, last Howell week. had 33 points last week, so you know, good game for him. And you know, he's got the Rams going against Green Bay, and Green Bay's kind of been a, a you know fantasy football. Uh, you know, a good play for defenses, you know. So, Corey's got some good matchups this week. Now, A.J. Brown going up against Dallas is going to be tough because those Dallas uh, corners have been really hard uh, to, to, to play against, you know. So, but is A.J. Brown? He's had a great year so far. So, uh, I almost want to say he's kind of matchup proof right now. So, we'll see how it goes for him, you know. And on the flip side, Lane, I don't know what Lane's doing this year in terms of management. I, I just can't explain it. You know, I really can't. You know, I mean, last week, the whole. How do, I don't think Lane. I don't think Lane can explain it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why. I, I looked at the matchups of his quarterbacks last week. I did. You know, and Lane lost by point three points, which is not the closest game of all time. It's one of them, but it's not the closest game of all time. We've actually had it to a point one point differential uh, in terms of a winner and loser at one point in time. I think it was about three years ago. It was John Gold and I think Troy, if I'm not mistaken. But it was a point one. Uh, 
difference in terms of the winner. So it was crazy. And that I think it happened for Troy like two weeks. I think it was like two weeks in a row or something that happened either for Troy or John. Uh, one of them, either either John was on the losing end twice or Troy was on the winning end twice. I don't know how it, how it worked, but uh, it was really wild. But real close game for Lane. I don't really know what he's doing with his – I mean, he's traded for Russell Wilson. He's traded for Dalton Schultz, and he's not – I don't think I don't know. If I don't he's, think he's played them. I don't think he's played them at all. No. Dalton Schultz is the il- number eleven tight end in the year this year, right? So I guess he that would make him a tight end, a, t- a low, a low end tight end one, right? No, I mean that's a mid range tight end one if he's number yeah. eleven. Yeah. So Russell Wilson is actually the QB nine. He's a he's a QB one. He is. He's a top ten quarterback this year. They both should be in there every week. Yeah, they should be, and, and as bad as Russell Wilson is, he's still a top ten quarterback somehow. And I just don't. I, I understand playing the matchups. You don't maybe don't trust him, but he hasn't. He hasn't played either one. Yeah, if you if if you trade, why aren't you playing the guys? Now this week, I get it. They're on bias. I get it. you know, and and the matchups last week didn't look great. So I, I sort of understand. Stop making excuses him. for him, Matt. So what? I'm trying. <laughs> I love Lane. That's why I'm trying to help him out here. You know, but I, I just. I am a little lost in terms of what. Yeah, maybe he's just trying to go for some home runs here. And uh, but yeah, I, I guess I'm just confused. But I'll take. I mean, this one. I, I think Corey's got this one. But you know, who knows? Yeah, uh, he should get it. He should get it running away. Yeah, I would. I would imagine so too. So, Gar, why don't you go ahead and pick a? Uh, why don't you go ahead and pick a game you want? I'd to like to do uh, two more real quick. A rapid fire, I, just because they're of the fans of the show, Kevin, and I'd like to get Graws in here too. <coughs> that's fine with me um, let's just finish it off with those two so go ahead and start with whoever you want to start with go ahead. I will, I'll do Kevin um, okay. do, 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 uh, you know Kevin um, really went with that strategy like we talked about of not drafting a quarterback early so uh, Bryce Young has showed some signs the last three weeks he's averaging, he's averaging 14 points a game and Kevin's got a good enough team around so let's look at it uh, Cup, Cup, now Cup has ceded some volume to Puka a little bit. And I, I don't know if, if Cup is just totally healthy because he's had, uh, I think, two off weeks in a row, Matt. Let's see. He's gotten just uh, 13 points combined the last two weeks. So you would think that'll change. He's going against Green Bay. Devontae Smith is just so hit and miss. But these are two good wide receivers. Have Gus Edwards, man, vultured some touchdowns away from Lamar last week. So <laughs> very viable as the running back. Logan Thomas is the new Jordan Reed. So when he's healthy, he can, he can have some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMarcado in Arizona. Uh, I think Connor's still out. Bad. Hmm? He, hasn't been, he hasn't been bad, actually, for be honest with you. He's been okay. Yeah, no, he really has been. He wasn't even yeah. drafted. Um, DeMarcado, uh, I think, has been pretty viable. Let's see, the last three, four weeks, he's averaging 15, 26, 35. So he's a decent flex. Uh, and that's where Kevin has him. Bryce Young's shown some signs. So uh, Kevin, 4 and 4 in the VFC, is in decent shape. Going against the Ruggles team, that's just, you know, at least he has Eckler back, but. Other than that, you know, Marquise Brown uh, hasn't done that much. I mean, I think Toon is starting this week, most likely for Arizona. So, uh, I mean, game flow should be in their favor, but not expecting much there. Gallup hasn't done much all year. You got Eckler. Henry could be a dud. He could get 20 points, but most likely four or five points. Pierce has done next to nothing. Badgett's his quarterback. Kevin should win this one. Uh, probably going away to get to five and four. Yeah, it should. I don't think it should be that close, to be honest with you. I mean, Ruggles is. You know, it seems like Josh struggles from injuries every year, and it's unfortunate. You know, I mean, Eckler was out for four weeks in the beginning of the season, which that really hurts. Um, you know, Damian Pierce might as well be injured because the Texans running game is just terrible, you know, to be honest with you. And 
Um, you know, Debo has been injured. You know, he's on by this week. Justin Fields is injured. Uh, you know, so just a lot of injuries for Ruggles this year. So it's been painful. I mean, you know, pun intended, it's been painful for him. But um, yeah, let's I pretend mean, I, I didn't pick him for the playoffs. Or yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, with with uh, Kevin's team, it's a good team. You know, Cooper Cup. I don't think he's injured. I just think it's. I think it's just the. The Rams just haven't been very good the last couple of weeks, to be honest with you. you know, Matt Stafford, I don't know if he's playing or not this week, but if he's not playing, that's going to hurt Cooper Cubs' value, I believe, for sure on that one. Uh, and uh, with the rest of your analysis, I agree. I mean, you know, it's uh, – yeah, I mean, you know, it, Kevin's got uh, Kevin's got a good team. I, I guarantee you I think you're probably looking at Kevin to try to trade with, so good luck. All right, I've uh, – Kevin's got some very high demands – <laughs> from one from his and my conversation so if he cuts you a deal congratulations no, he has a target because he needs a quarterback but um i, I kind of know what the trade would be and it would probably be in his favor if i did it so who knows if i would actually yeah he, the full he, and it may not even be enough <laughs> as much as i like kevin and kevin's probably going to take offenses he tried to extort me basically and i told you about that so i'm not so gonna if do- i was going to do a one-on-one with lamar for somebody who do you think i'll just give you one guess i'll say yes or no because i don't want to give away too much oh you and you and go for etn my guess or my i see the etn or I, I would actually put my expectations lower that's why i don't think i would actually pull the trigger but i i might we'll just see how things go the next couple of weeks G- guys i think we have till the beginning of week 11 to make a trade so there's still a couple of weeks left right our trade deadline. right so uh, anyway, let's yeah, just wrap it wanna... up with uh, Graw and, and troy real quick yeah for sure so uh overall kevin's gonna win this game uh kevin's got a good shot of the playoffs too his team is very good his team is very good so uh bryce young continues to develop even more and more and gets uh, he maybe can get kevin up to about 15 points a game average then he's going to be looking even stronger to be honest with yep, you. and that's what's been happening yeah. the last few weeks as he's ascended so it, it sort of it sort of makes sense for sure so all right uh going here last one we're going to look at is uh graw versus uh troy and for all intents and purposes this might be Graw's, you know, his game to basically to save his season as well, you know. But this is his Travis Alabo line in the sand, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much, and it's not starting off well for him either, to be honest with you, you know. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, Graw's been crushed by injuries this year as well, and, and you know, it's been unfortunate for him because he may not even have a, a quarterback to play this week because Troy Lawrence he pick, he could pick up Brett Rippon. Um, I mean, it's just somebody to pick up who's got some experience, but um, yeah, know, if Stafford doesn't play, that's not who you want to be picking up. Though. Right. He probably, he no. probably would play him, I would think. You know, Jalen Warren had a good game tonight, 14.3 points, but then you got Derrick Henry on the other side getting 19.2, and then Nick Folk coming up with 13 was from a kicker, you know, so that's that, that's strong a strong start for you can also pick up pj walker too against arizona so he may go that direction that's not a bad walker is just been, he throws a lot of picks but man he can wing the ball around a little bit i, I would probably look at, at uh, walker over uh, Rip. yeah i can see that i i can so you know who knows but uh you know we're looking at alave you know the thing about alave is alave gets monster targets the guy probably averages 10 11 targets a game you know but he doesn't do much with him. I'm not sure if that's whether it's him or Derek Carr. I don't know who that is, but you know he, you know he needs to. Uh, if if he could get, if he can, if his targets could match the his production, maybe that's or targets production match targets, whatever that is. But mm-hmm. he'd be a lot. It's, it's late, Matt. You're going on about 18 hours of wakefulness tonight. So that's true. Today. That is true. So if they could match each other, then he'd be great. But he just hasn't done that. So uh, I think Troy's got a 
pretty much a full strength lineup this week for him. So uh, I I got Troy, and unfortunately, Graw is going to be. Uh, I think Graw is going to miss the playoffs just because injuries has just got him pretty bad. I mean, when you go against the kicker and the kicker gets thirteen points to start your week, Henry had his kind of normal nice game, nineteen points. Yeah. Even though Warren had a good start for Graw at four at fourteen point three, how can we pick against Troy? I mean, you can't, you know, and, you know, with also with Graw, he's got Ridley and Lawrence out who they haven't really been great for him this year, but it's still, uh, you still have that potential to be really good with those guys, you know, but I mean, he's got Gibson, Tank, Dell. Uh, I just, you know, Tank has been okay, you know, I don't know how, uh, I mean, he's really not been, he had two strong games, but ever since then he's three points, eight points, six points, you know, he just hasn't been very good, so, um yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, crazier things have happened in the GFL, but I just got to think that Troy's probably going to take this one, especially with the start he's had, and he still has Pacheco, uh, Hertz, and Thielen to go. I, I think it's going to be a tough one for Graw. I agree. Yeah, well, so. Matt, it's one of our longest uh, long-form podcasts. I think the longest one we've had on Apple approaching an hour. Yeah, I know. Joe Handy can do the 1.75, maybe even the, two, the two-speeder <laughs> and get through to get through this one, but... uh Gar, hit us with the royalty-free but not-so-royal-free team music, and then we'll uh, we'll close this bad boy out. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've been playing this, this song, and I, I can't put my finger on what it is. Uh, I just I just can't get it out of my head, this this particular royalty. It sounds so damn familiar, Matt. So I'll play it again to lead us out and probably go to some new royalty-free music next week. But uh, uh, enjoyed it, my friend. It was great. Absolutely, and this will be up. This will be up on Friday, fellas. <laughs>